Hi, I'm your host Alice and you are listening to episode 3 of Reduce, Reuse, Reblog. So far we have heard about the impact of social media on the start of the zero waste movement and on individuals' zero waste journeys. If you missed those episodes you can go back and listen to them now, but today we are exploring how people are using social media to help raise awareness and educate people about the zero waste movement. And coming up, we have an exciting interview from social media influencer, Georgina Cairo. In the Reduce Reuse Reblog podcast survey, I asked, how would you define a social media influencer? The response concluded that they are individuals who have a large following and use social media platforms to promote products and brands online and influence people to change their lifestyles. And 52% of participants said that they follow these social media influencers, making influencers a great way to reach a large audience, especially when it comes to an important cause such as the zero waste movement. Previously, we have had sustainable influencer Ori Jackson on the show. Our listener Kaylee mentioned Imi Lucas, known as Sustainably Vegan, and Leah Demigil mentioned Natalie Davis, known as the Zero Waste Doc. So, in the last episode, I asked you, who are your favourite social media influencers? Caleb got in touch and said that his favourite is Max LaManna, an American zero-waste chef. And I must admit, I am a big fan of his wife, Venetia LaManna, who is a London-based zero-waste blogger. Then Sarah got in touch and said that I was her favourite sustainable influencer. (laughs) I would definitely would not count myself as an influencer, but thank you for saying that. It is very sweet. There are so many different sustainable influencers. For example, Venetia LaManna, who we just mentioned, describes herself as a recovering hypocrite and is a popular social media influencer for sustainable fashion. She's a climate activist who aims to call out fast fashion companies and encourages people to become their own climate activist. One type of activism is known as digital activism. This is when people use electronic communication technologies, such as social media, email, and podcasts, to enable faster and more effective communication by citizen movements like environmental movements. The delivery of this particular information can be to a large audience or smaller, more specific audiences. However, Digital campaigning isn't going to cause revolutionary change. A tweet isn't going to influence an uninterested individual and liking an infographic on Facebook will not stop someone denying climate change. But it has been found that online activism can lead to offline activism for people who are already motivated but who may not be aware of the issue. This is because there is a barrier to becoming an activist and knowledge and information online can supply awareness. In the Reduce Reuse Blog podcast survey, 67% of participants thought that digital activism has the power to work to at least some extent, but only 13% of the respondents had actually ever taken part in any digital activism. Blurring the lines between activism and influencing is a scary prospect but it is allowing people to learn about the climate crisis during their daily scroll. However, it will only make a difference if the images and captions which influencers are posting 
encourage people to take real world action as just liking a post on Instagram or Facebook won't help save the planet. Now, I have Georgina Cairo with me on the show. She's a sustainable influencer who runs the social media brand Gypsy Soul. Hi Georgina, welcome to the show. It's so lovely to have you on with us. It's great to be here, thank you for having me. You are an award-winning blogger and content creator of Gypsy Soul, that is amazing. Yeah, it's, um, well, I love doing it. I've been doing it for nine years. It's my life now. So. <laughs> um, so could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I, well, I started the blog about nine years ago. I was a parent at the time, had two young children, and I needed a way of earning money from home. And I saw an article online about um, blogging, so I thought, oh, I'll give that a go. So I started it as a sort of parenting blog and then grew on from there and it turned into a sustainable lifestyle blog. So how and when did you first hear about like zero waste and sustainability? Um, Well, I did at uni. I studied for uh, my master's in environmental energy studies. So I was always sort of aware of it. And even as a child, I was quite environmentally conscious, uh, mainly due to my parents. And it just sort of grown from there. But zero waste was a relatively new term that um, only sort of came in. Sort of started hearing about it about eight years ago, really. Mm. And so when you say that you're like living sustainably in zero waste, what does that mean to you? Like what changes have you made? We've made quite a lot, but I have been doing it for a long time because it's uh, obviously it takes time to make the changes. Um, I started, really started it nine years ago and you pick an area, make a change and see if it works for you. And if it doesn't, then you sort of move on to something else. Because the one thing with it is that one size doesn't fit all. So you do have to tailor it to your own lifestyle, which is why when I'm giving advice to people, I can't just say, right, you need to go out and buy this or swap this or do that because it won't always work for everyone. And is it hard having a young family? Yes, because kids take up a lot of your time anyway. Um, So then trying to make changes as well can be quite hard. But what I have found is that children are more happy to make changes than Um, (laughs) grown-ups. They seem to take it on board a lot easier and they quite enjoy doing the swaps and finding new alternatives. What have other people's responses been to your lifestyle change? Are they very positive or not always? Depends who you're talking to. Um, what I have found is when I first started, I, people sort of sort of took a step back and said, well, okay, we'll watch and see, see how this pans out. And over the time, people have started to make their own changes as well. Friends and family always are very proud if they've made a change and they want to tell me. And I find you definitely don't want to be preaching at them or saying you can't do that because people don't respond well to that. But if you sort of follow by example and just sort of do your thing quietly people do jump on board with you which is a really lovely thing that's awesome so a bit more about gypsy soul could you just tell us a bit about like the aim of the blog what sort of content you're putting out there yeah so the aim of the blog is to help others live a more sustainable and simple lifestyle by breaking it down into simple steps because the one bit of feedback I get all the time is that it's so overwhelming to know where to start because there is so much information out there and there's conflicting information as well. So the whole point is to sort of, people can go in, pick what they want to focus on, and then look at what I've done, and then maybe try it themselves, and then see if it works for them. It's uh, all about uh, sort of making things happen for yourself. And do you think social media has been like a particularly 
good platform for you to be able to do all of this and like sharing your knowledge yes definitely I couldn't I couldn't do it without it because that's how you spread the word and people talk and I have a, a Facebook group which people come to and we discuss you know what's working for us what's not I think you definitely need that kind of support otherwise it, it can be really overwhelming so by people putting oh I tried this and it didn't work then other people go on and say oh I did the same that didn't work for me either and it really is very helpful for people I've noticed mm. yeah definitely couldn't do it without social media from your blog what sort of responses have you got from people who've like used it and used your advice um i get i get such lovely feedback um generally i have an email list and people email me all the time saying oh your content's so helpful and which really makes me feel great because it makes what i'm doing worthwhile because sometimes you know you're at home and you're in your office doing writing and you think is anyone listening and then when people come back to you and say oh I did this and it's been really good it's life-changing and all of that kind of positive feedback is um uh, yeah it's brilliant Mm. so is there a zero waste kind of blogging community and if so do you feel part of it or is it more people who blog about zero waste do their own thing it's all kind of separate um generally zero waste bloggers i mean we all know each other and we do collaborate a lot um, on each other's blogs and we do um different projects together and there's lots of um facebook groups as well zero waste facebook groups um which we're all sort of part of so now i don't feel alone there's definitely a good network and for anyone that wants to get into it if you just go online you will find somewhere where you can chat to other people and sort of dip your toes into getting started As part of this podcast, I did a survey and on the survey, I asked people if they had ever brought a product because someone they follow on social media has promoted it and 20% of people said yes and 15% of people said that they've attended an event because someone who they like online has promoted it. Do you ever feel any pressure when you're talking about products or events or anything to do with zero waste? I'm really strict on my my site. What I do is if I if a company contacts me and they want me to promote the product, I look, I do my research and I make sure that this is definitely a sustainable product and it's not um, greenwashing, which you can get a lot of. So you've got to be very careful with that for being a zero waste uh, influencer, I guess. Um, if I am happy with them, then I will test it out. And I do an initial, I'm testing this out, um, not sure about it yet. So, you know, don't go out and buy it or make a swap. And then if I've tried it for normally about six months and I really do like it, I then continue to say, this is really good. We really like this. This has worked for us. So, yeah, it's definitely about testing it first. I'd never promote something just because someone has paid me to do it because that defeats the whole point of sustainable living. Mm. So there's like a real responsibility for like the content that you're putting out there. It's all things that you completely believe in and agree with. Yes. Otherwise, it's fake, isn't it? It's not real. Mm. You need to... You need to be passionate about what you're doing and what you're talking about. Otherwise, it's, um, you know, no one's going to believe you, are they? (laughs) (laughs) And what sort of opportunities have you had since you've, like, started your blog nine years ago? Like, it's massive now. Oh, yeah, I have done so many things. The one thing I love about my job is opening up my emails in the morning because I never know what sort of what new things going to come through. But I've been to all sorts of events. Um, We've had holidays. We've done loads it's been completely well life-changing it's been really good and it means obviously I can work from home around the children and I just don't see me doing anything else now 
And if someone was trying to think, oh, I want to try zero waste, but I'm scared that it's just not going to work out or I'm a bit, like, a bit nervous about what other people would say, what advice would you give to them? What I always say is start slow. Do not try and change everything at once because you just won't be able to do it. You will get overwhelmed and then you won't, you'll stop. You won't want to do it. So when I first started, I focused on our bathroom because we produced quite a lot of waste in there. So I did a waste audit of our bin, which is where you just marking down what's going in there and then pick one thing off the list, do your research, find something you think might work for you, try it out. And if it does work, great, then move on to something else. If not, try something else until you've got something that really works for you. It's, yeah, it's definitely about focusing on one thing at a time. Is there like a common problem that people will like come to you with when they're trying to be zero waste? Um, hair care is the main one for women um, trying to find something that's sustainable because a lot of people want to use shampoo bars, which some are really good and some are not so great. And they also everyone has different hair too, mm. obviously, so and different water depending on where you live. So trying to find something like that that works for you can be really difficult. That was my one thing that took me the longest to find something that really did work for us. Yeah, it's the most common one that people come to me and say I don't know what to do which is it's also a really hard one because you can't just say oh do that because like I said everyone's different so that's a, a bit of a process that one. Oh, I completely feel that I'm still trying to find a conditioner bar that my hair likes but so far yes. no luck. Yeah no I've never found a conditioner bar but I use refillable conditioner so I take my bottle down to our local um, health store and he refills it for me. And that's the only thing I found that works for me for conditioner. Um, so in your day-to-day -day life, is living zero waste quite easy now? Like, as you said, you have a local shop where you can do refills. Yep. Yeah, it's... Um is it easy? Yeah, it is easy. It's second nature now, I'd say, more than anything, because I've been doing it for so long that I it, I can't switch off from it. You know, if I went somewhere on holiday, I couldn't not be doing zero waste there because I'm on holiday. It's just it's in ground now. It does help if you have places that you can go like with the refillable stuff. I know not everyone has that, but then again, that's where you have to look at what you have got available to you in your area and make it work for you. Mm. One of the assumptions a lot of people have about living zero waste is that it's very time consuming and that it's actually very expensive to do. Is that sort of your experience or is, do you disagree with that? People say it's more expensive, which technically, yes, if you are buying a product, it is more expensive. But the whole point of living more sustainably and zero waste is that you are buying less. So in the long run, you are spending less, but you're buying better quality products. So you're buying things that last. You're buying refillable products, um, reusable stuff. So I have, in example, in our kitchen, I have a set whole set of reusables, which did cost me money initially. But now I never have to buy those things ever again because I just keep reusing them. So it's, it's getting into that sort of um, process of doing it like that. Mm. And would you say that it's quite time consuming to start doing or is it actually not make much difference to your day to day life? Well, if you're doing the research to make the swaps, I mean, obviously, that's going to take up a bit of time. If you wanted to um, do your food shop zero waste, that can take up more time because obviously you have to take your own bags. You have to weigh out the produce and put it in your bags. And yes, it takes a little bit more time. But what I found is that 
you you just make it work because it is your lifestyle now like um today i have to walk down into town and get my refillable washing up liquid and my refillable shampoos and conditioners and you just make it part of what you're doing so if i was out at work i'd stop on the way back from work and do that and then come home it's just it's more about being organized um which is good anyway in life (laughs) (laughs) and personally what has been your biggest challenge whilst you've been you know becoming zero waste starting a blog uh, my biggest challenge? Oh, that's a good question. I guess it's the testing of everything and being impatient <laughs> because I wanted everything to be perfect straight away. You know, I wanted that perfect zero waste house, which is not a thing, by the way. You just can't do it like that. It's about being patient and taking the time to find something that really works for you and then you get the rewards afterwards. Mm. And when you first started, like becoming more sustainable, did you personally find social media a helpful resource? Definitely, yes. That's where I look for everything, um, doing all sorts of research, either online or social media, um, especially YouTube videos, because you can see the products that people are showing you and um, swaps they've made and um, tutorials for making your own you know, cleaning products and stuff like that as well, beauty products. You you need to be able to visually see it and then you can copy it. All right, that is wonderful. Lastly, what has been your biggest achievement, just overall your favourite moment of your whole blogging career? Well, I won an award. I guess that, <laughs> that would be quite a, a big thing. Yeah, that was a big event I went up to and uh, won, won an award for my blog, which, um, yeah, I, was, I wasn't expecting it, so it, it took me quite by surprise but yeah that was um that felt pretty good because it's about being recognized for what you're doing because like I said before you can be typing away at home thinking oh is anyone reading this is this helping anyone and then obviously you get that feedback of winning an award or the emails that come through people saying you know you've really really helped me and that is just it's such a brilliant feeling if you are interested in Georgina's blog go to www.com gypsysoul.co.uk. If you listened to episode one, you might remember I mentioned a blogger called Lauren Singer. You know, the girl who started the trend of keeping all your rubbish in one tiny jar. In an interview with Elle magazine, she raised a really important issue about sustainable influencers. She said that a lot of influencers you see pushing products, even in the sustainability space, are people that are just not qualified to talk about what they're talking about. This is because Lauren has a degree in environmental studies and understands the issues around many of the environmental products. For example, the extremely popular and Instagrammable Everlane puffer jacket is from a material made out of recycled plastic water bottles, which on the surface sounds great, but The problem is, is that they're taking plastic water bottles, which could be made into another rigid plastic item, but instead they're turning it into a material, which is then very hard to recycle again, which will shorten its lifespan. Also, these textiles, which are made from plastic, when they are washed, they actually release microplastics back into the oceans, which again is very damaging. So this jacket that seemed like it was going to be a great environmental and sustainable purchase because you're saving plastic from going into the ocean. In reality, it's not as good as it seems and that's something that you need to research and think about. Now, I'm not saying that influencers are bad. 
there is a possibility that maybe some are just trying to make a profit out of the increasing popularity of the sustainable market and maybe some care more about the brand deal than the true environmental impact of the product. However, most influencers have the right intention and themselves are on a learning journey and therefore might make some errors when it comes to distinguishing how sustainable a product really is. But the important thing is, is that they are still trying to make a difference and are using their platforms and audience for a positive cause. The most important thing is to find influencers whom you trust, like Georgina Cairo, who has an environmental masters. And if you're ever unsure about how sustainable a product is, the best thing to do is go and do your own research and educate yourself so that you personally are sure that, yep, this is a sustainable product that I am buying. And I know this because I looked it up, not because I was told by an influencer that it was. Having social media influencers posting content promoting eco products that might not actually be as eco-friendly as consumers are led to believe is a problem. It is possible for anyone to become a social media influencer and therefore they could lack knowledge on the subjects which they're posting about, which could negatively affect their audience who are trusting their content and relying on them for information. This raises the question of creating trustworthy social media content in the zero waste movement. We'll be exploring this in the next episode of Reduce, Reuse Your Blog. We're going to talk about zero waste charities and organisations and how they are using social media and influencers to raise awareness of their positive causes, which are linked to governmental bodies. The episode will also include an exciting interview with one of London's biggest zero waste organisations. So to get involved with the next episode, let me know. Do you think charities are currently making the most of social media? To find out more information about the series, this episode, or to see all the survey results, go to www.reducereuseforblog.com. To get involved with the show and find out the latest updates, follow at reducereuseforblog on Instagram.